awesome date. September 13th, 2010. Awesome topic. Well, bad news, guys. The only two people who could ever be our fans of this podcast have developed taste. Ah, hell. Who needs them? We'll just keep playing to your cat. You don't have a cat. This is the awesome (laughs) cast. Final Fantasy 2. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's Final Fantasy 4. Yeah, didn't, did you notice just... in the movie? I, I think it was actually 4. Yeah, it was. It that's was 4. Yeah, it's American, the, but it's probably Canadian too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the Awesome Cast. This time, make it awesome. I'm Basil. I'm Eric. I'm Lee. I'm Kevin. And that's us. We've got a big show for you today. Welcome to the big show. That just went over most of our listeners' heads. Yeah, exactly. It's like, whoosh. <laughs> it's okay, Pearly so the movie we're talking about. Anyways, <laughs> boom. You should go see it. We've got a lot of stuff for today. We've got a, many, many moments of awesome. And then we're going to talk all about old Scott Pilgrim. Movie, the books, the video game. We've done it all. We've seen everything. We've seen it all. But first, Information. We have a podcast. You're listening to it. That podcast has a website, awesomecast.com. You should go there. Check out the index of awesome. You should leave us comments. You should email us at awesomecast at gmail.com. There's also a voicemail. No one ever uses that. But it's there if you want to. Be the first. Actually, I've made prank calls on it, so I'm the first. You don't count. You don't count <laughs> you're on the awesomecast. Oh, it's true. I need to make more prank calls. I signed <laughs> up for some spam lists. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He has it because I haven't gotten any. But we also have a contest. Oh, really? This we is could. News to me. Yes. You're the one that suggested yeah, it, Kevin. I did. I have uh, secured, because out of gimmies that are actually a week late, a Metroid Other M poster. I hate Metroid Other M. I hate it a lot. You should write in and tell us. How awful it is, and how bad you think it is, or attempt to defend it. And well, if you think it's awful, why would you want a poster? I don't know. Burn it. Um, uh, in effigy. Okay, yeah. Here's the, here it is. If you win because you like Metroid Other M and you defend it, we'll give you the poster. If you win because you hate Metroid Other M, we'll burn the poster and send you its ashes. Wouldn't it be much more satisfying for them to burn it themselves? Damn it, Lee! Why must you ruin all of my solutions? What like, if we film ourselves burning it, then send them a digital file and the ashes? Wait, if you hate Metroid Other M, can I have your copy? <laughs> no, for completeness' sake. Because <laughs> I love Metroid. I hate Metroid Other M. Well, there you go. So, 
awesomecast at gmail.com. Tell us about Metroid. Something might happen to you. And it reminds me, I need to send those Dragon Ball Z posters that I've got. Yeah. Well, the Dragon Ball the movie posters that yes. I never gave away. You know, the people who want them live near us. Ultimately, if Do you... we know them? Yeah, it's uh, Cleveland and Victor. Ah. Cleveland Brown? We know Cleveland Brown? No, yeah, it's yeah. Jason. Brown? Like, his actual name is, his internet name is like Sevian, but I pronounce it Cleveland. Oh, yes. Oh! Oh, and like a good host. I thought it was Kelvin. And like a good host, you, you keep always mispronouncing things after you've done it once because it's funny. Or I'm lazy. Oh, it's consistency. Consistency. That's right. If, if he's listening now, I hope he started his webcomic because he said he was going to start a webcomic and he hasn't then. He yeah. needs to man up and start a I webcomic. I hope he's still listening at this point after, <laughs> yeah, after this conversation. <laughs> after after we've called him Cleveland McBrown or whatever you called him. So, but for consistency's sake, if you have consistently listened to us, like normal people do, you will notice that this is the Monday of this release, pre- right before AWA. Oh, yeah. And I've got two panels at AWA that you should go to if you're listening and are going to be AWA. I know I'll be there. And I'll, yeah, Kevin. Kevin will be there. I, I will wish be. I was there. Which you, I thought we were giving them reasons to go to AWA, not reasons to hey. avoid Maybe AWA. that Kevin is a reason you'd want to go to AWA. Maybe you want some really intellectual talk about Super Robot Wars and yes, Kamen Rider. Do you ever think about that? No, you didn't think about. You don't think about anything. If you're a cute what, girl, what if, yeah. Puru, what if you're a girl? What if, what if you're a female girl, aged nine to fourteen? They're safe because my directive is to protect the lollies at all cost, even from myself. And if you're a female, <laughs> ages twenty-one to thirty-five, come talk to me <laughs> or me. Not just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Just fucking putting it out there. I'm married. <laughs> and we all hate you, Lee. Anyways. Uh, well, he's married to me, so. Man. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> well, we gotta tell you, me and Sue switched some documents. Uh, she thought it would be hot. Can you spoon on your right side? No, no, and I, I but uh, I've got some cushions, just well, like she it's does. It's that typo so. in proposition, proposition 8. You're the man, he's the wolf man. Oh, is that I'm the Wolfman? Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> panels. First off, me and Drew from Akihabara Renditions will be doing the English Jamboree. It's going to be a video clip show all about English. It's going to be fun. And then we're also doing Eddie Boy's Wild World, Wide World of Sports anime. Ugh. Where we talk to you how, how Eric's opinion is wrong. Yeah, we're a couple of out-of-shape white guys. Time to talk about sports. Japanese cartoon sports. Desu Desu Touchdown! <laughs> In your context, they up. actually Sorry. seem like the ideal people. To I know, exactly. <laughs> In that context, you guys win. Like, uh, I cannot think of two people more. I would rather... Um, do we have any more AWA things? That, that was pretty... I mean, just, uh, I'm sure I'll be crashing the podcast panel, Speaking but. of uh, the... Uh, the Akibara Renditions guys, apparently, to, according to star reporter Barry, who uh, went to Dragon Con, they ran a, a panel, uh, some kind of, kind of clip show panel, I think, uh, at Dragon Con. It wasn't anime-related. And apparently, at the very end of it, there were just, like, like four people that ran cons left, and Barry, it was like, 
Somebody who ran MomoCon, somebody that ran NWA, the, 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 they're the Station Con guys, and someone else, it was some other con, and Barry. And so Mark goes like, so, you're the guys who are left after we cleared the room? And Barry's like, yeah. Who wants some alcohol? Ching! <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> That sounds like them, yeah. So, guys, whenever you go to one of the Akia Bar or Dispersion Marks uh, panels, remember, stay after the credits. There's always a special scene of getting drunk. It was a shame that it was Barry that stumbled upon this. You know, one person who doesn't consume alcohol. Uh, he consumed some there. You don't hang out with Mark for long <laughs> and not drink alcohol. No, I'm, I'm like one of the least drinkers, and I'll very often go, okay, Mark, make me something. Yeah, it's like, you took the red pill, if you know what I mean, and the red pill is Skittle Brown. Man, but shoot, whatever. Oh, God, I love the Skittle stuff. Exactly. At Station Con... The drinks that were happened when the panel started. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they run that. Con. That's a little yeah. different. Apparently, they really ticked their roommate off because uh, they they took the party to the hotel room where she was sleeping naked and did not want to be woken up by ten drunk people going to run a party. <laughs> but uh, they, isn't that how it always is, though? And so, I'm sure events much like this will happen again at Anime Week in Atlanta. That's right. I'll be sad that I'll miss. Yeah, me oh, too. Oh, that's a shame. Sadly. It's going to be fun times. I really wanted to be on that podcast. <laughs> like, I'm really sad I can't We'll get go. to meet our fan. <laughs> I, I more wanted to get back at them last year for, for two years ago making fun of my fedora. I'm just saying. <laughs> Fuck you guys from AWO. Fedoras are awesome. Hey, but now you got your hipster hat. That's right. That's right. Which makes you qualified to be on this podcast on this, for this podcast. subject. That's right, because this is to be fucking hipster. I'm not a hipster. Or maybe you are a hipster and you just didn't know it. No, Kevin's not a hipster. Yeah, That's true. Really. Yeah. But I love Scott Pilgrim. Speaking of things that we love... Did you like Scott Pilgrim for one panel in volume four? That's not the only reason I like it. <laughs> but before we talk about that, other things that we like. A moment of awesome. It's a moment of awesome. awesome. Sorry. Fuck you, Lee. <laughs> make me wait. All right, <laughs> but I will make you start it off. Suze, if you're listening to this, you you heard the directive. Make them do it. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> it's like hypnotism. They go back and forth, and then suddenly you just do whatever she says. It's uh, the closest thing I have a moment of awesome is I downloaded Oregon Trail off the DSi shop. Yes. <laughs> really? Because I have fond memories of playing that at school when I was supposed to be doing other things. Or they have it on DSi now? No. Oh, well, look, Oregon Trail's on everything. I'm sure there's TI-85 calculators with versions of the Oregon Trail. Well, this is like a newer remake of Oregon Trail. Yeah, right? they have cute little character graphics and uh, oh, all this. that. Okay. It's it's still pretty hardcore. But no, actually, I have to take it back. It's not it's not nearly as hardcore as the old ones were. You can't hunt whenever you want, and you can't have as many status details on your party. It's kind of scaled down quite a bit. It's still fun, but you, you know, died of dysentery. You can still die of dysentery. Woo! And you can now choose the gender of your children. I choose you, female Jew. Pretty much. But can you be a transsexual Ewok jester? God, you people will never be happy, will you? Hey, if I'm playing Ultima 3, I can be. (laughs) Well, that's because Ultima 3 was different. 
Very different. Very different. It's an ultimate game for one. <laughs> yes. And I've, you know, the funny thing about the DSi shop is you have to wade through a sea of shit, but there's actually some smatterings of almost goodness. There he is. Well, I, that's the. Okay. I wish there was a way to sync up my Wii console like profile with my DSi in some way so I could actually like share my points and have to buy them separately. I believe there's a way. No, I've, there's not. There's not? No, you can only buy points for the DSiWare or for the Wii. It doesn't cross. Yeah, I kind of... So I've got to be pretty sure I want to get something for DSi before I, you know, buy any points I, for it. I read at least two reviews on it and do thorough... I, I look at screenshots, do all that shit. Well, that's the, that's the App Store problem. I mean, it's like the Droid or the iPhone or anything anything that's got apps in existence or the the DSi. It's like, it's a sea of crap, but with a lot of cool stuff in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's a pieces of nuggets of corn in that crap somewhere. Yes. And eventually we're getting Shantae, so that makes it all okay. For real? Yeah. They're putting that out? Yeah, they're, they're in a whole brand new Shantae game. It's being made for DSi where. Yep. Okay, I'll buy the shit out of that. Man, Mind I need that once you pick up my copy of Batman Brave and the Bold. Yeah, that that trailer got you, didn't it? Oh, I, I reserved day one. I heard Way Forward's doing a Batman game. Oh, yeah. and it's 2D graphics. Okay. I mean, that was all oh, I needed to hear. I kind of just panned it by reflex. It might no, it's be the good. guys who made, like, Boyne's Blob and Contra 4. And even the Batman Way game. Forward, I'd give it a try just because. I might have to get take a look at that. Yeah. I might like, have to research that a little. It looks good. Like it, it like the the Wii version. Yes, yes, it does. It has it's the like blue actual. beetle. Yes, yes. It has the blue beetle. The good blue beetle. Well, it depends on your the opinion. The silver age blue beetle. I thought. No, it's the new blue beetle. Which one's the new blue beetle? The newest one. So one the one in the armor, the one in the, like the giant blue armor. That's the newest one. Well, well the bluish w- yellow one. goggles. No, he's not an adventure guy. No, nah, it's not the classic blue beetle. That's well, a, not, that's not golden the classic. Age. The middle blue, blue, blue. It's not the middle blue beetle. The one who's Booster Gold's pal. Yeah, it, okay. It's the one after him. Okay, yes. Okay. But say like, because because like like uh, I, that's not the classic. I, blue beetle. Yeah, classic, classic blue, beetle, blue beetle. Although the that blue beetle is using the gadget of the the th- magic thingy of the original blue beetle. But yeah, but I don't. Despite saying any of this stuff, I don't really read that many comic books. I just kind of keep randomly abreast of things. <laughs> It has Batmite in it. I don't know how it could be bad. Holy shit. If you own the Wii version and the DS version, you can play as Batmite in the game. Yeah. You have okay. to buy them both to get it? Yes. Well, it's interesting to try and do some connectivity, it's because, though. It's, it's two-player co-op, mm-hmm. but if you have a DS, you can actually wireless sync up using the uh, game and the DS, and you can you use the DS cartridge, and you actually play as Batmite, and you actually control Batmite using the touchscreen, you make him drop things. and Wow. And stuff as a third player. So, yeah. So, there you go. Oops. Whose turn is it? I don't know. I uh, yes, Kevin. You I did. guess me. Yeah, I guess I've already said other M sucks, and that's not really a moment of awesome. So, um, yeah, Valkyria Chronicles two. Let's go with another game because we always just talk about games. Well, not always, but like, well, if you played Valkyria Chronicles one, it's more of the same, but that's not a bad thing. If you've not played Valkyria Chronicles one, it's a turn-based strategic game in a very very alternate World War Two, like Magic Rocks and um, yeah, powered armored guys and weirdness, Magic Nordic chicks. In fact, it's so alternate that I was reading a magazine article on it and it failed to mention anything about World War Two. It was just like, yeah, it's like so. It just happens the continent looks like you know Europe, and it's set in 1937. 
Maybe this <laughs> continent. Asia! Well, I mean, like, the There's countries have different names. names. Yeah, like, the countries right. have different names. Like, I'm still not sure what, if Gal- what Gallia is even supposed <clears throat> to be on the map. I sort of think it's Belgium. <laughs> You're in Belgium. <laughs> but it's fun. It, it kind of adopts also sort of a school life aspect similar to kind of Persona 3 or 4. And there's lots of characters whose personalities develop over a long-term period, and it, it's kind of cool. I hear that the, that they can't wage as big of a battle as... No, you can't. It Instead of being one big map, it's usually multiple maps that when you reach a point, you can cross over to another map, and there's more stuff going on, and you sometimes have multiple people on multiple maps. You also can deploy less units at once in the PS3, but, eh, it it's works out. It's a PSP out. game. Well, you know, it's you actually fairly easy to swap soldiers out and then deploy a different soldier. You actually have a large pool to pick from. It's just you just don't have that many on the field at once. Now, the first game was on PS3. Yes. This one's on PSP. Yes. Mm-hmm. How do the graphics compare? Well, obviously, it's not as good as the PS3. It, it still looks pretty good. It looks pretty good for a PSP title, I think. And it's got some nice... Uh, Got a few nice animated sequences I've run into, and the in-between shot is mostly kind of visual novel style with, like, character face portraits and text. Although they do occasionally have some little animation to the text boxes and voice clips that pop in. It's not fully voiced, but, eh, it doesn't have to be to keep me happy. So, yeah. And one day, the mail will deliver Kingdom Hearts, and then I'll find out if that's any good. Right here it is. That's what we all hear. That's what we all hear. Just none of us know. Yeah, well, Kingdom Hearts 2 got good reviews too, guys, so it's kind of, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kingdom Hearts 2 is not good, so. What is good? E7. As we continue off this game kick. Another game for the PSP. Go figure. It's rare for the PSP to have all the good games as well. Well, PSP has good RPGs and strategy titles. Of course, so does the DS. But, uh. <laughs> well, here the trick is that the. PSP actually sort of now occupies sort of the uh, Saturn yeah. niche, where all the, like, because of the whole development costs of developing for next-gen systems, you know, the Japanese developers can't afford it or don't quite know how to make use of those all those fancy graphics and all the art that it requires to make it. So they're trying to find other ways, which makes either a Wii game or a DS game. And thanks to Monster Hunter, PSP is a really popular platform in Japan. And so everyone's trying to rip off Monster Hunter in various ways and means. And so it's actually a good scene in Japan for PSP. Just crap here. Yeah, in my store we got like six PSP titles at a time. Ever. And so I've been playing the newest E's, E7. It's interesting that Falcom actually developed this for the PSP specifically. Normally they're a PC developer. They might be like the only PC developer. I don't know. That's where they make action RPGs that play like console games on the PC. But this time they actually developed it for the PSP, and oh man, does it show. It looks good. It plays awesome. There's like almost no load times, which is a very stark contrast to Ark of the Naptism. Oh my god, the load times on that. But it was a pretty good game. Like this one, it's the story is bleh, but it's an easy game. The stories are always bleh. But the characters are usually pretty interesting. Yeah, it pretty much throws you every single cliche there is in the book. Mm. You know, they just sort of tick off the list as they go through the game. But that's okay, I don't care, because it's really fun to whack at things and watch them explode into items that you pick up. Mm-hmm. Why did that ever And uh, And this one is actually, you're not just playing as Adol, you actually, you have a party of three people 
Mm-hmm. And as their cast grows, you get to switch them out. So actually, it almost feels kind of like uh, one secret of mana, but without having the chance to do co-op. Because each of the weapons play differently. You have special attacks. You have greater weapons as you go through the game. It's a lot of fun. Well, I'm going to have to get that game. All right. Yeah. Bring us home, Eric. Bring us home. Uh, let's see. What am I doing this week? It's awesome. Uh, mostly reading on the plague. Um, or the last great plague of London in 1665. A lot of primary source material from people that were like, Oh my fucking god, the plague! We all gonna die! Uh, yeah. I don't think you've ever discovered you're re- reuniting with your one true love, T-Hawk. Oh, I don't even talk about, about playing T-Hawk on, uh... Uh, here. I'm trying to think. But you're playing a lot more Street Fighter 4 than you used to. I've been playing a ton of Street Fighter 4 because I've actually found a character I'm decent at, which is T-Hawk. Lol, lol, lol. It's chanceful. And that'll be going. Uh, I can't really think of anything. That's pretty much, uh, pretty much it. I've been, uh, see, playing Street Fighter 4, reading about the plague. The only thing that would have been awesome was Kingdom Hearts, and I haven't picked it up yet, so. Mm. Grasshoppers. There were a shitload of grasshoppers on the windows at Walmart today. It was cool. And I should have made my moment of awesome uh, Shadow of the Vampire. I saw that movie. It was awesome. I'll I'll talk about it later. It is an awesome movie. But yes. uh, Let's see. I could also go talk about watching Mad Men. Oh, uh, Peter Case coming out with a new uh, webcomic. Or rather, Scott Kurtz of Peter Arcade. It looks to me like Scott Kurtz of Peter Arcade and... Tycho of Penny Arcade are... You mean Scott Kurtz of PvP and Sorry, Tyco. PvP of Tycho of Penny Arcade are crazy. Like, they're talking like all three of them are writing it and Gabe helped in the art design. And I'm sure there was some talk and some stuff going there, but it looks like to me what's going on is that is that uh, Kurtz draws faster than than uh, Gabe does, I think. And I don't know. It just seems like he, he can do more projects. He's always done side comics, you know, Captain Amazing, Tales by Tavern Light, Planet Couch, uh, the PvP Games tra- Strip or whatever they were, uh, Game Spy right. comics. So um, I think that it's basically him and and uh, Tycho working together. And I'm sure guys going to have input on it too, but it, it just seems that's what it looks like to me. And so it's, uh, it's called The Trenches, and it's about a game testing office. Yeah, it, it, it pretty much seems like it's like gonna be like The Office as a webcomic, but about game testers. Yeah, that may be awesome. It, it looks like, and me and Basil were actually kind of talking about this. Like they're going back to the PvP roots. Like, like uh, at first we kind of looked at it. and It was like, well, these characters all look like they have analogs and PvP, and it looks like okay, the Tycho is gonna write PvP now. But the more you look at it, the more you think, well, but PvP hasn't actually done video game and office humor and like. Six, seven years, I mean... Like, really, really actual office Office, yeah, humor. humor. I mean, the last time we were, it, It's been mostly 90s sitcom for the last uh, half a decade. So, so uh, you know, I could see that, getting back to that kind of style of humor. And Is she going to keep PvP going? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm well, like you said, he can do multiple things. Yeah, he can do multiple things, and I'm sure... I'm sure part of the problem, too, is that Tycho wants stuff to write. I mean, it was like... Um, you know, they quit doing the, the Rain Slick Precipice of the Darkness stuff because Gabe hated doing video games. So now all stuff. do is Tycho's just writing it so all out. So now Tycho's just writing it all out because Tycho loved it. I mean, they had an interview where they were like, what did you think of the process? And Gabe went, I hated it. And Tycho went, I loved it. So it's one of those things where I think Tycho just wants more things to do. Mm. And, 
Uh, so that's kind of why I feel that it's probably more Tycho and Kurtz's project than it is Gabe, Tycho, and Kurtz's project. But I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not there in the office. I'm not watching them do it. So. But it's going to be interesting to see how it turns out. Turns out, yeah. Looks, looks pretty neat to me. Though, again, I'm just hoping it doesn't become a uh, PvP refresh, you know? Well... Because Tycho's in it, that has to engage. Yeah, so exactly. in some capacity, I'm sure they have to be. You know, well, that's always been. Things up. They've always wanted to do a, not a retail or business related humor strip too, because they were always talking about doing one called Retails, that would have been a retail based strip, and and uh, I'm sure this is a similar outlet where they're trying to do. And there's been there's been other like you know, side projects they've tried to launch before, and it's never happened. Never happened. So. Yeah, what is it? Um, over Easy? What was the name of that? Uh, that was the, the action one. The action one. Yeah, the action penny arcade. They, the one that was is a shot of this gamer girl that they never, that says would be an eventual product and never happened. Never happened. Yeah, or that one, or that one that they said, uh, we got a new, do you guys, I always seem to be the only guy who remembers this, but they, they used to say, hey, we've got this big secret thing coming, it's coming in a little while. And they posted an image, it was like a picture of a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and it was like, and it's coming soon, and then they never talk about it. Again. <laughs> like it just it vanished into the air. We never heard about it. So I have a feeling there's been several half done schemes over at the uh, over at Penny Arcade. Well, that's how you do it. Have anybody heard about Poker Night at the Inventory? It's was it Telltale? Telltale. It's Telltale doing a game. This is the craziest. It's got strong bad. Tycho from Penny Arcade. Uh, mm. Sam from Sam and Max, or is it Max from Sam and Max? Is it the dog or what? the... It, the dog or the bunny? It's the bunny. I get them mixed Max. up. Max. Max. That's Max, right. Yeah. And that big guy... And the heavy yeah, from Team Fortress from 2. Team Fortress 2. And it's a poker game. It's a poker game. They're making a poker game, and those are the four characters you play. What's yeah. it for? PC. And Tycho gave his permission for this? Yeah, apparently. Apparently. I, I don't know if it's, it's it going to have uh, Poker Night at the Inventory. And see, the thing is, is it's going to be voiced, so I'm like, I've never heard Tycho voiced even in video games, so I wonder what they're going to do for that. It's interesting. I wonder if they'll have uh, Jerry do that, or if he'll... Or they'll get an actor, get or, an something. actor or something. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I'm going to get it just on principle, because it has Strong Bad and Tycho. I have to get it. Definitely looks interesting. Because now we shall go... Into the main topic of tonight's festivities, Brian Lee O'Malley's Scott Pilgrim. But first, a word from our sponsors, or another podcast. Anime. Japanese cartoons where giant robots protect us as we sleep. Samurai can fly, and little girls are more than just cute. Many podcasts have attempted to review such things. But once they're gone, where can we turn to? I don't have time to f*** around. Don't worry, guys. This round is on us. Oh, yeah. Introducing the Anime 3000 Bonus Round Podcast, where an elite team of podcasters go above and beyond the Call of Duty to review anime right when you need it. Wow! Incredible! You can find the A3K Bonus Round on Anime3000.com and on iTunes. Keeping the bar open for one last round. The bonus round. And we've returned to talk about things. Awesome things. Quite possibly the most polarizing 
thing that's come out this year as far as geekdom goes. Even movies more... or the comics? What do you like? Uh, when we when we talk about polarizing, because I don't think the comics are well, super polarizing. Well, that's cause... because the the people who buy the comics know are the audience. They they know what they're getting into. Exactly. Like I think with the yeah, comic books, the, if if, if issue right one now. had come out when the movie came out, I could see it being polarizing for the comics. But like. We're on volume six. I mean, we're on volume five when the movie came out. I guess or six. Did six just come out? It came or out right before. The right movie before the movie. So it's it's one of those things where the, well, the movie thing is the real big polarizing. Yeah, exactly. But I think the comment sort of comes along with the ride. Besides, yeah. we're talking about both tonight, anyways, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're talking about everything. Talking yeah, about all of it. Okay. Which is the uh, property Scott Pilgrim by so, Brian Lee O'Malley. So books, uh, movie, and video game. I assume. Yes. So you want to just do take them one at a time and. Do them that way. Sort of just do a general what is Scott Pilgrim, and then move on to the and then medium. move on to the actual various mediums. Uh, Who the Scott hell is Pilgrim, Scott Pilgrim guy is a anyway. video game fourth wall breaking own universe. He'll break the fourth wall one time, like uh, not in the not in the movie in the comic. Think of a guy who's uh, not that far off from a well, I don't want to say not that far off from a normal guy, but he lives in a the world. Bro. Sorry, that, you know he, he's going after real world problems, but he lives in a video game world pretty Esky, much. Esky, yeah, like well, he acts like he's living. He lives in a video game world. I mean, well, sort of. It's sort, yeah. It's, it's a weird. It's, it's even hard to define because it's it, it's it seems to shift between how far they're taking the video game metaphors. Between yeah, what's going? It on. is a very surreal universe that the Scott Pilgrim inhabits. It's got subspace. When you punch people, coins come out. I uh, and maybe you might not find this entirely apt, but I kind of got Pilgrim is like the inverse of Watchmen. Watchmen is taking the superhero genre and bringing it down to what's arguably a somewhat realistic level. Scott Pilgrim is taking normal life and blowing it up to epic superheroics. Uh, yeah, I get that is a uh, that's a really good that, yeah. yeah that's a really good. Uh, uh, Statement of what it is. I mean, at its core, it's a, you know, it's an it's a love story slash action story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, its core is the most basic story ever told. Well, I mean, but it's dipped in a video game van. Yeah, idea. exactly. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, everything is in a video game and indie rock. Yeah, indie rock also uh, plays a big part. In fact, it plays a much bigger part in the the comic books than it does in the uh, the movie. Well, that's because you know indie rock. Well, the trick is that now, you know, I'm told the references are there in the movie. If you're looking for them, they're just more in your, kind of more in your face in the comic book than they are. That's what I. Well, I mean, Brian O'Malley. I mean, he he used to he, you know he's grow he's grown up playing NES and all the video games that we've all played. So it's made a huge effect on his life. He's he done the indie rock scene. He's also a musician. You know that has played in what a band. Shows, huh? I mean, so he these are you know very you know big influences on his life and so it shows through in the comic mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of the day I mean when you actually just talk about the story of Scott Pilgrim and you take away all the bells and whistles it's, it's the most basic you know hero's journey gets the girl story in existence I mean it's what it is boy it's meets like, girl it's, it's a boy meets girl obstacle story. between boy and girl presents itself boy must surmount no, obstacle must surmount obstacle and what makes it crazy and weird, and I think awesome, is like you said, this guy has taken all these influences of his life, and like Kevin said, blown everything up with the, using that lens of video games and and nerd culture and you know indie rock and and uh, it's it's amazing that it exists. I mean, just something that, that like that could make it out, and much less get a big movie. 
And it, and it really talks to people who are into that sort of thing. I know it does me. It goes, wow, you're connecting with me in a way medium really just doesn't yeah. do because yeah. you're taking this stuff, this nerd-centric stuff, and blowing it up to where it's just in your face, just an explosion going, holy shit, he did just reference this, 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 and this yeah. that we all love. And the in a way that was just in the story right there in your face. Like I hear a comic, compl- I heard a complaint where people all it does is just reference stuff, but the trick is it doesn't actually tell you that it's referencing anything. Yeah, there are there are no clues to the references anywhere. You just got to know them. You just know them. And they're just visual motifs. And that is what's so awesome is that uh, it's it's like said, at least as it it connects with anyone that grew up in the, I guess the same era that Brian Lee O'Malley grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was reading Volume One in Atlanta. I bought Volume One in Atlanta, and. My dad was like, what are you reading? And I said, it's, you know, this is a comic book. And he, yeah, my dad reads comic books, yes. And he picked it up and started reading it. And he's like, so he just punched a guy and he turned into coins. It was actually during the very first boyfriend fight. And I was like, yeah. What the fuck, why? What the fuck is that? And I was like, <laughs> well, when you kill someone in a video game. And it's like, and a light went on. And he just hadn't even made the connection. And that's the most basic, simple of all the references. I mean, yeah. everyone that our age is going to get that. Mm-hmm. But the point is, it illustrates that, like, it is so awesome that this is going right to the nerd and going, see this reference? I'm making a reference that you will only get. And I'm not, I'm not wink, wink, nudge, nudge referencing. I mean, it's there's just shit there in the background. There's mm-hmm. shit, you know, all over the place. And you know, There's so many people I talk to who get that Clash of Demon Head as a, as a band name that's from a video game. Mm-hmm. But so is, you know, Crash and the Boys. Yeah. It's a cameo uh, game. Yeah, Shatter Band. And, and, Just some and of them are harder to, to figure out than others. Well, sex, I mean, well, well, the easy yeah. one is Sex with Bomb because, yeah. oh, Bobombs. We Everybody all know knows Mario Bobombs. Yeah, I've played, I've played Clash of Demon Head. That's so, sort of cool. I played it, and this guy, this reminded me of it, and I actually tracked down and got the NES cartridge, which I had only rented, so. So it's cool. Yeah, it just. I don't know, to me at least, that uh, again, is exactly how it felt uh, both about the books and the movie, which is what, what uh, Lee said, which is that, oh my god. It's not so much that it's br- super brilliant at what it's doing. I mean, it's good stuff. I'm not going to lie. But just the fact that someone had the guts and they put it out and I, you know. And it and sold? And, and it sold and did well. This thing that's just a giant in nerd reference Somebody, right? hey I want to make a movie out of that and, and don't know? get us wrong there is an amazing story underneath that would still run if you ripped out all the nerd references it's just that those color it so much that it makes us just just you know there are different different films and different genres that touch different people in different ways and different books and just like that but to have something so centered on 80's plus you know nerddom more 90's but yeah. Well, okay, 85, let, 90, I don't know, yeah, I don't let, care. I, I, get, I give, yeah. You get, you get what I'm saying. To, to have yeah, something you that were, touches people that grew up with these references so much. If you're like between me and my, uh, you know, just almost, uh, well, very in early 30s, and I don't know, Eric, I think you're the, are you really the youngest? I think you're the youngest one here, Eric. I'm but, 26, so 27. Yeah, so if you're like, you know, grew up in that time frame, this movie's yeah. probably going to really talk to you. The, the, the secret actual age bracket for this is 25 to 35. Mm-hmm. To get most uh, out of it that you don't realize. Which is interesting, because I really, in my heart of hearts, believe that the only reason this got a movie is because the people who were selling this movie... Now, I think that was Edgar Wright. Yeah. Like, I think that he is a child of the same age we are. 
and he was Rock really play, like, yeah. yeah, and he was really like, this is awesome, we got to do this. But I think the reason they were able to sell it is because I think they went over and said, look, all the little kids that go to Hot Topic and wear Roots shirts will go watch this movie. But it was so referential to stuff from the like '90s and stuff where you actually had to be there mm-hmm. that they didn't. It was it was like this secret submarine movie that was for our age group that they sold it as a movie that was for a younger age group. Mm-hmm. And I just I think that's hilarious. That perhaps may be the root of its relatively poor box office. I, I really think that's sort of its poor box office. I because the biggest you know free markets like are all the, the really young you know the teenagers where they're trying to tap. It's what their marketing was obviously done for. You know, um, the only real thing that I ever saw that might have been to someone our age was the one where it said it's on, like, Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I guess younger people would get that. Not that they wouldn't know what Donkey Kong is, but that's not a phrase they made up. You know what I mean? And so... And I I think a real problem with the box office results, I think the way that happened is, is there are two kind of people that are only kind of fit in the Venn diagram of the, uh of the target audience. There's the people who can really get into the love story and the whole story behind it, but just every, everything else goes over their heads. And then there are some younger people who love the video game stuff, but can't get behind any of the relationship stuff. And so I think there's a big contingency of folks who fall by the wayside because you kind of have to coincide a little bit or at least be open-minded to see the other side of both of that. Plus that main character. What's that man's name? The actor that Michael played? Sarah. Michael yeah, Sarah. He, he puts there's, off a lot of people. Yeah, the, the pro- one of their biggest problems is, is that, like I said, it was a secret 25-year-old movie. But the 25 to 35 year old market hates Michael Because <laughs> he's played the same whiny yeah. douche guy. I have to say, I generally don't like him, but I liked him in this movie. This yeah, movie he, is he plays, he plays a different guy in this movie than he normally sees yeah, him play. I, I really believe he plays a different guy in this movie. And I think he did in Zombieland, too. I think Zombieland and this movie were... were uh, I need to actually see Zombieland. But, yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, uh, I, he made a much tougher character than he usually does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they did leave out the best line in all of Volume One, which is, uh, "Don't they know that Scott's the best uh, fighter in all of Toronto? Was it Toronto? The province. 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 Province in the whole province, and like that is one of my favorite lines ever. It's <laughs> just like this guy starts beating up this other guy, and so they're like, "Don't they know this random guy's the best fighter in the province?" <laughs> Bad. But you know, I think Edgar Wright and Brian, Brian O'Malley knew what they were doing when they pitched the movie and got this movie made. Because, A, they knew that while the movie would be best served to be in two movies, mm-hmm. they're only getting one, so they only made one. Yeah, they do. They're only getting one. They Joss whedon it with uh, Firefly, where it would be better as a trilogy, but we can't do a trilogy, so it's all going in one film. And like, you know, Serenity and Firefly, this is now, you know, because it did so bad, the nerds that really liked it are now turning into a crazy cult following. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully they can make up their losses. Yeah. And even if they DB, don't... This DVD's going to do well. You mark my words, this DVD... Yeah, it's going to buy it. It's, it's, it's going to have legs. Yeah, this... I'm, I'm going to buy it on day one. I own Blu-ray on day one, because this... I don't buy a lot of Blu-rays. Me and Basil will constantly have this argument, but I will buy... This is a pretty film, and I will buy this on Blu-ray. Yeah, this is something that... The movie is going to be good on Blu-ray. I think that... The, unless, or do you have something more to say on the subject? Well, I, I think it's because we'll get into it. But I think it was an overall a good movie, a very good, well done movie. Oh yeah. And the fact that they did not get just rewards, as it were, because very few people, consi- you know, considering didn't see it, that's now for- making people want to make it into an actual cult classic. It's going to be a cult classic, and it's not being engineered to be a cult classic, like say Repo, mm-hmm. Shadow Opera. 
mm-hmm. which it really feels like when the guys made that, they made it for the very specific intention to try and manufacture a cult classic. Yeah, but Reaper the Genetic Opera is still pretty cool. Uh, but we'll let that slide. Well, that's irrelevant. But, you know, there's I, I've seen it. There's just a, you know, a you know, falseness mean, to it because they're trying to be Rocky Horror. True, and, and it's, it's not, not as good as Rocky Horror. It's not even as good as Evil Dead the Musical. But it has Anthony Stewart head, and that's all that really matters. Uh, it, so does Merlin. Yeah, and yet I don't like Merlin that much. Oh, well, my own logic fails me. Uh, but, you know, it's just, you know... And, I, and hopefully a lot... Okay, and may I hope to God we do not see Scott Pilgrim shadow casts. Because <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone who likes shadow casts. That's the stupidest idea ever. I am unfamiliar with what you're talking about. Oh, it's where they play the movie, but then they get people in uh, costumes to oh. act out the parts, but not, but not they don't say anything. They don't actually act. Oh, they... They just pantomime of... the characters in front of the movie while the movie's playing. I have not understood why yeah, that's that... really stupid. Why, why is that popular? I'm, I'm going on... I'm like taking a risk going on the floor right now and saying, that's stupid, guys. Get a life. Like, I can understand if, say, they wanted to stage their own musical, mm-hmm. where they actually, you know, some of the parts actually did it as a musical. Scott Pilgrim would actually probably lend itself well to being a musical. Well, that's because... Um, I forget where I read it. But some pointed out that they built the movie... Like it was a musical, but instead of musical scenes, they're fight scenes. Yeah, Edgar Wright, I think, says that in one of the little random uh, something they had on the website. But I think, the, you know, we're getting to a lot of good stuff, but we've still not answered the question of what Scott Pilgrim really is as far as the base storyline and everything. Um, well, it's, it's really simple. Boy meets girl. Boy falls in love with girl. Boy must defeat the seven evil exes to be able to actually be with this girl. And it's kind of the... Comedy ensues. The continuing story of him and his group of friends and just people he knows and on and on. Now, there are other, you know, wrinkles to it. Like, for example, he starts off, he's dating a high schooler. Mm Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, holy crap, Scott, you're you're in your mid-early 20s. Yeah, he's 23, I think, at the start. And yeah, he's dating, like, a a high school girl. A 17-year-old girl. And everyone's like, dude, that's creepy. Especially Kim Pine, who is an ex of his, goes... Die, yeah. Oh, like, yes, yes. You know, there's, there's that, and then there's other interplay with, you know, Scott also has his own set of exes that he has to deal with, and other characters that come forth. And one of the tricks to it is, is that no, there's no remote perfect character in all this. They're all pretty screwed up. Mm-hmm. In fact, some, you know. So I've heard people say that they like or hate this movie based on at first the movie doesn't 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 build Scott up like he's the best guy ever. He's obviously dating a high schooler and he does a lot of things that are pretty douchebag behavior, but it's a journey for him. Well, the trick is that Scott's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Scott is a straight up douche nozzle, mm-hmm. and sometimes so are you, and so are your friends. Think about it. <laughs> and so you know, and it's, and honestly, it's a lot of it is a story. Depending on how how it plays out, is more or less him realizing that oh wait, I'm a I, bit of a douche a lot I'm of the time. Big, you know, a bit of a jerk. Maybe I should try being less jerky. That might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And really, it, it, it's yes, it's Scott is has a journey of personal growth. Actually, a lot of the pretty much, especially in the comic, the whole cast has a lot of personal growth. Well, I mean, 
Well, yeah, because they have time to actually... I mean, it's six graphic novels. Well, yeah, I mean, it, the comic is six graphic novels. I think in story time, it's over a year of actual time. Right, where in the movie, it's like a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. at most, you feel like a couple of weeks has gone by. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, the, one of the problems with the movie is that it more or less dumps the entire side cast, except oh, for more just choice appearances. You don't get any growth. They're like little car- cameos. Yeah, so. uh, well, for but, having just under two hours... For, and trying to adapt six volumes of a comic book series. It was well, an incredible job. Well, you, you can't help but do that. You can't, you know, you couldn't cram all that in there. It's, it's impossible. I mean, they, they made the right choices cutting how they cut it. But the fact remains, they still cut it. Correct. Uh, and yeah. because of that, you know, the graphic novel shines more than well, the movie. As always, you rarely have an adaptation of book to movie where the movie is better. That almost never happens. Yeah, you, you have to give the movie its props. It is an incredible job, but the, the books are better. I mean, mm-hmm. but you have more space. I mean, you've got six volumes to work with and an actual ending rather than five and a half, what, five and a half or whatever they had while they were filming the... Well, no, they had... They had I mean, did, you know, did they know the ending? They knew the ending. Okay. They did have to reshoot they their ending. They did have to reshoot ending. their ending, yeah. So you've got, uh, you know... You got a plenty of stuff here. It's not like uh, plenty of room in the graphic novels. So. And the visual way that they brought the graphic novels to life was pretty spectacular. Even though you can't say that it's better than the novels themselves, the the, the just the way they did everything and the flair that uh, is it Edgar Wright is that his name? Yeah. The the, the flair that he brought to this whole project, and I think a lot of the timing in this is is the movie got him. The movie got crazy visual punch. I really crazy feel visual Scott, punch. the Scott Pilgrim movie and you no know, hyperbole. I believe has redefined the term bringing the comic to life. Yeah, if there is ever a film that proved that Edgar Wright has his chops as, as a director, mm-hmm. it was hot it fuzz. Was hot oh, fuzz. <laughs> yeah. But if there's ever well, the thing is, is that uh, those Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead are not visually stunning films. No, that's I mean true. even at the end of Hot Fuzz, when it goes all crazy action movie, that's not a you know it's a Kevin Smith talking head film almost. Which and they're funny, they're hilarious. I love them. It's got but, visual spots to it, but it's not like this. Not like a this. Visual onslaught. Well, Hot Fuzz. It's a uh, it's a it's a it's a, an odd British comedy that turns into a buddy cop action flick. By oh, the end. Hot Fuzz is one of my favorite. Movies it's an ever. awesome film. It's, I, me, it's and, me and Basil saw Hot Fuzz. We saw Hot Fuzz together, right? Yes. Like, and that was one of the greatest experiences. But this is um this is a visually impressive film. I mean, war, uh, sound effects leap off the screen, uh, motion lines glare, uh, just things just appear. You see the things you see in comic books that you never see in a movie. You see the characters like happy emotion bubbles and, and guys when they're peeing, you hear the Legend of Zelda fairy fountain music. I've mentioned that like fifty yeah. times to everyone. I don't care. I think it's the best fucking in joke ever. Like, you know, like just the my music. favorite is the audio cue from Flash Gordon. That was pretty good. That was that made me smile. Um, but you know, I mean, and the movie is apparently full of these. Some of which I have not noticed. Get a Life was a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that's in the commercials. Well, yeah, but that was also a better handling of. Actually, it was a better handle. In the movie, I don't have in the game. In the game, yeah. in the, I mean, or in the book. Book, sorry. sorry. In the book, it was like interesting, but in the movie, it made more it made, sense. More it made sense timing. The content, you had timing yeah. go. And the uh, I loved the game, like the um, the continue, and then they let it run out, which it, it's not in the book; it's just in the movie. Yeah. I thought that was really awesome. Like mm-hmm. that was a and, and you know, of course, you can't do that in the book, but still, it was. You know, uh, Edgar Wright got Bill Pope to do the cinematography for this movie. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know who Bill Pope was until I started paying attention to him. This guy did Army of Darkness, Matrix, uh, Spider-Man 2. Okay, <laughs> we're we're rocking some chops here. <laughs> like, I mean, he also did the other two Matrix movies and Spider-Man Three. But I mean, this guy knows. Well, there's nothing you you can't say that Spider-Man can't fault Three the action. Yeah, the action sequences were awesome in all the Matrix movies, regardless of what you thought about. But, the but plot. this, I mean, uh, Dark Man. Yeah, like, this fucking Dark Man. Okay, like this man knows the cinematography, and, and he, it shows, and it shows. When this film does an action sequence, it is incredible, incredible, yeah. mm-hmm. and it is so much. If you play video games I, ever in your life, it is so talking your language. Exactly. I love the, uh, I just want to talk about, um, I love the guy's, uh, Scott's roommate. Wallace. Wallace is one of the most awesome. What I love about Wallace is that he's almost obsequious in his homosexuality. I just want to, like, they, they treat it by not treating it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, he's there and then both of them occasionally make, you know, I don't you get up to place. Yeah, what well, you're afraid I'm going to get up to place, but at the same time. It's never, like, this big issue or something. It's just like, oh, he has an openly gay roommate. Then he's sleeping with bunches of guys. Who's also not flaming. Yeah, he's not flaming. Yeah, exactly. He is a normal guy, even kind of a bit of a deadpan snarker, and he's... But he's gay. But he's gay, and he's just in there. And he's like Scott. He's close to think that Scott has a best friend, so, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) I, I I love when, like, Scott wakes up in the middle of the night, and then, you know, oh, I can't ruin it. Go ahead. But he's the—I think he's the one character, the one character that was perfect, perfect in both the movie Boom. and yeah, and both. It's like, like beautiful, mwah, mwah. Uh, and because uh, many times when I'm comparing the two, I'm thinking of the scenes that they did in the movie and the scenes they did in the comic. Mm-hmm. And Wallace was like, "Well, I like this one." Oh wait, I also liked how they did it this way. Oh wait, and there's also this one. Oh wait, I liked it this way over here. Yeah, too. usually there's, there's a clear winner, but there's yeah. no clear winner in a. Like, you know, vegan police in the movie are clearly better than vegan yes. police in the comic. Just because uh, of the way you The vegan police were amazing, amazing in the movie. In the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely the hot fuzz really showing through. <laughs> the, uh, uh, what was the other one that was better in the movie? The uh, Lucas Lee. Lucas Lee. It's the, much better. So, nice how's he? He seems nice. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is one of my favorite things in the movie. Awesome. movie. It's like, like, so, how you doing? Like, by far, like, you know. The, his comic appearance was okay, but they really did a good yeah, job. Yeah, they really movie. did a good job mm-hmm. in the movie. And there's stuff in the, you know, Knives is a much better character in, in the comic the book comic than book, she yes. is in the movie, in my opinion. Like, I think Ramona's a better character in the uh, comic well, book. Well, Ramona's, you actually can understand why Scott would be this desperate for her in the comic book. Like, yeah. like, my biggest problem with the movie, personally, was that it felt like no one was smiling enough. Yeah, because in this comic, everyone smiles Everyone's all the grinning. time. Everyone's grinning, yeah, like, yeah! Like, there's, there's, <laughs> see what I'm doing. Everyone has so much energy. Even when they're yeah. depressed, they still have energy. You didn't, you didn't get, get that. didn't get that, in the, you know, especially Ramona was very sad the entire time. Yeah, I think Ramona... And you, oh, sorry. I think Ramona, you connect more with why she's awesome in the comic book. Well, there's, there's no, like, reason to like her in the movie. Like, it's the biggest flaw to me in the movie, mm-hmm. is that... There's no reason for Scott to like Ramona. There's no reason for anyone to like Ramona. Like, Scott's like, oh, she's really fucking hot. I like to bang her. And then dumps his girlfriend, who admittedly is, he's only going out with, I guess, because he's desperate to have a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He wants and something simple. Something simple, yeah. Something, no real responsibility or uh, but, pressure. But at the same time, in the movie, they don't really ever connect other on than on the, I'm staring into your eyes, and therefore I love you, Lee. Oh my! Like kind of level, you know. 
And the whole, oh, you've been beaten up by one of my boyfriends, let's talk about yeah. it. Now, th- part of that is the cramness of the movie. They've got to ru- shove all these ex-boyfriends and, gr- and girlfriends into this movie. And the in the comic, you definitely get a feel. They have a bit more... Like the 30-second twins battle. Well, I mean, they actually got to grow as a couple. Yeah. yeah they exactly. move in in the comic. They don't do ever do that in the movie. They move in together in the comic. You get little snippets of Ramona's life what her life might have things that might have gone in her life and you they kind of find they do have some interests in common yeah the only yeah. time you hear about Ramona's past in the movie is well back when I was this kind of bitch I used to hang out with this guy and we used to do horrible things mm-hmm. and then I became then a different kind of bitch, bitch and dumped him, dumped him. <laughs> and, yeah. and you never get any of the fun good stuff that sometimes seeps through of Ramona's character now I will say the actress playing Ramona is very very hot mm-hmm. uh one of the scene of her in only her underwear may be the scene of the year. Mm-hmm. But that's no reason to build a love story. <laughs> and yes, that is that, that is true. I guess that is the weakest point in the movie. But Which is I think I really like Ramona. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's one of the things where I think every character, you know, except for like Wallace and Lucas Lee, almost every other character was. Well, actually, like, I think I might have liked Gideon better in the, the movie. It's one of those things where you can just... To me, I can just superimpose it, though. It was one of those things where mm-hmm. where I wasn't... You know, I have just brought up a very serious flaw for a movie, especially one with a simple story just about a love story. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have any problem with it because I've read the comic book, so it just kind of yeah. filled in the gaps for well, the real for me, stuff. I watched the movie first. I read the comics afterwards. Mm-hmm. And so, but I was at the, I mean, Ramona does warm up as the movie does go along. She does get better. She get, well, she gets better, but she's still. But, it, but well, yes, yeah, she's, she's never as good as she is in the book. But, but at she does go. At one point, she has green hair that automatically wins. Anyways. <laughs> Kevin's you know, erection aside. <laughs> she does get better to the point where I can start seeing, oh, okay, I can sort of see it now. No, no, like, never if just the movie alone to me. Like I, I need to rewatch the movie. Admittedly, <laughs> after reading the books, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Now. Well, that's why someone oh, would want to go out with Ramona. You know, you know, if they had given her more scenes that showed up some of her quirkiness that wasn't a negative. <laughs> if she light, just let and, her smile more. And this was about to yeah. add. If they, if they had, she always seemed so down in the movie. So, and man, poor, you know. Uh, Stephen Stills and Kim Pine. Yeah. yeah. You know. <laughs> With nothing to do. Oh, it's so horrible. Because they're great characters. Kim Pine and Stephen... Oh. Kim got nothing. Yeah. Nothing. That's true. And That's Kim's so like one of the most important characters Kim in the book. Yes, in the whole thing. She's one of the... She is like the key to Scott Pilgrim's Fast. actual character. Yeah. And so... But again, it's one of those things where I guess to me the movie is... I treat this movie like I treat the Lord of the Rings... Um, uh, movies, which is not to say uh, these are better than those, but to me, the Lord of the Rings movies are simply a clip show of someone who's created awesome scenes from the from the books. And every time they do something wrong or something that shouldn't be there, my brain just goes shh, and static comes up, and I don't see it. And that's kind of how I see this guy. Well, 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 see, the thing is, is standalone. I think the movie kicks ass, and if it gets you into the comics when you haven't read them, then more power to it. Then you can read the comics, say, "Oh, this is better," and juxtapose the correct your correct vision, or whatever you want to say it. But I think even as a movie, even if it doesn't quite reach the level and has some problems, it's still a damn fun ride. Well, it's a fun ride, yeah. It's, well, I think it's a fun movie without the comic books. I think with the comic books, this backstory, it's a good movie. Well, I was able to go into it without reading it, 
Vanity Comics, went in and came out happy. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, all right, that was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. You know, not best movie of the year. That's Inception. But have you seen Inception yet? Okay, well, there you go. I hear it is mind-blowing. I still haven't seen it. I wouldn't say it's mind-blowing, but it's really good. But um, but after reading the comic, it was kind of funny. Initially, I both appreciated the movie more and less. But now, after thinking about it, I do like the movie more than I did before. Mm-hmm. But I really like the books. Yeah, great stuff. And I have something to ask of y'all, now that I think about Kim Pine in particular. Did any of y'all catch the, uh, on Cartoon Network, they animated a um, yeah, a, sec- I, I a section of, uh, of a book that, it, that it, part of the backstory where Scott is in high school. They actually animated no, I, that. Yeah, I, yeah I've seen that, it. yes. I know, I, I, I know they did it. I just said, well, excuse me, now I know they did it. You can now find it on YouTube pretty easily. So it's, like, it's only I like, saw it on the Cartoon Network website. The Cartoon so, Network uh, website has it up. It's, it's the time period... Of like Scott in high school, it was sort of. It was. Lisa and Cam I gather it was meant to be in the movie, but then they decided they weren't going to have like Lisa in the movie at all, and then they like decided to cut the rest for time. And it, just it was kind of a yeah. tie-in that Cartoon Network used to get people interested in it. And it's only like what three or six minutes long or something. Yeah, it's not very. It's not long at all. It's short. It's kind. Of, it's short. It's cute. It's pretty much a panel for panel exact adaptation of 